This is Jets Rewind, and I'm Marty Shupak, and I'm in the studios in Valley Cottage, New York. I'm joined by Ralph Charade up in Massachusetts and Ray Clifford in Ohio. It's Thursday, November 19th, 2020. Ralph, this is a significant date in history. I just want to tell you, we'll talk about it later. But anyway, mm. how are you guys doing? I'm trying to think of the uh, significance. Does it have something to do with either your birthday or the Kennedy assassination? Very close. <laughs> How you doing, Ray? Good. Okay, we got a ton. We missed we had a bye week, so we have a lot to make up, uh, a lot to go over. There's a lot of roster moves with the New York Jets. So, Ralph, why don't you start out with the classic trivia question? Okay, a classic. Okay, I'm about to give you a list of former Jets, good to very good football players, and you have to tell me what they have in common. Let's start with Bilal Powell, Brad Smith, Leon Washington, Kerry Rhodes, Jer Jericho Cotchery, Jason Fabini, Leon Johnson, and Dwight Lowry. What do they all have in common? And I'll repeat them later, okay? Did you get any of them? No, but that's okay. I, I have that's an okay. idea. All right, Marty's got an idea. We know that's going to work out. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, starting out, Ralph, uh, let me just do a little house cleaning, and I don't even know if I have a complete list. Uh, but Kai Becton, his breathing issue was chest congestion. He's ready to go. Blake Cashman is out. According to Rich Cimini, Queen and Williams will play. <clears throat> Ray, your buddy, linebacker, uh, Patrick Onwusser, will play this week the hey, Jets. Go ahead, Ray. Uh, just did Becton have uh, chest congestion or chest contusion? I'm reading that the breathing issue was uh, chest congestion okay. due to a cold. Oh, yeah. A little Vicks Vampo rub fixed that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That put him out of a game, but okay. <laughs> Another John Abraham. <laughs> Should he use a vaporizer around? Yeah, most. Yeah, they have cool ones now. We don't want the hot okay. ones anymore. Okay, no. so Queen and Williams will play. Patrick Onsor will play. It's Patrick O from now on. Patrick O or Peanut, whatever you call him. Uh, <laughs> we let go of um, Pierre Desire, so we, uh, we each took a – a shot of uh, Jack Daniels, because that, <laughs> that was great. And, and uh, uh, Bless Austin is having a neck MRI. He might oh, be geez. out. So our secondary is going <clears> to <throat> be young and spry, but I, we'll get into it later. But I, I think they're going to win this game, believe it or not. I really do. I think the, the defense is going to come through, and I think they're going to win this game. But anyway, Ralph. You you've, already, you've already depressed me. <laughs> I believe that you believe it. I'm sorry, but let, we'll see what happens. I know Justin Herbert's licking his chops at that fabulous secondary. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 Sam Darnold is out. All right, yes. while we're on it, before we get into Raph's question about Joe Douglas's best and worst move, last season Justin Herbert passed – 176 times without an interception. Then he was intercepted. Who who made the interception? Uh, let's see. He played for Oregon. Was out almost on a West Coast guy. Ralph's um, very smart, Ray. Smart. Do we do we have any West Coast guy? Oh, Javelin Gidry. No, but guess, Ray. You want to guess? I have no clue. <laughs> 
Uh, Ashton Davis. Oh, of course. Oh, That's right. He intercepted Oh, him. I saw that. I've seen clips of that, yeah. He, he broke the streak. And by the way, Ash, we'll get into this, but Ashton Davis, he can play quarterback. Cornerback. So, uh, I wanted to play quarterback, actually. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably be an option quarterback. Like He'd probably be pretty good. Too. Yeah. I actually want to see Braden Mann at quarterback. But anyway, Ralph, the question you had is each of us picks the best and worst move Joe Douglas has made since taking over. Uh, Ralph, why don't you start? All right, I'll start. Uh, what I consider his best move actually initially I thought was a horrible move, and that was getting rid of Jamal Adams. But because the Jets are such a mess, he would have been wasted. And they, he held out and he got really good value for it. So, and, and Jamal Adams is already getting into fights with Pete Carroll. And I don't know how any player gets into fights with Pete Carroll. He's such a player's coach. So, uh, although he's playing well when he's on the field, Adams. Um, my worst move, the one that frustrates me the most, and, and, and Joe Douglas admitted to it, and I was always against it, was letting Robbie Anderson go. Um, you know, if we had going into next year Anderson, Mims, and Crowder, that's not a bad-looking set of receivers for our new quarterback. Would have taken the pressure off us to have to pick one in the first, well, with our first three picks, you know. So that, that move kind of frustrated me. Good, good choices. Uh, Ray, you want to go the best and worst move for Joe Douglas? Yeah. Um, best move, I mean, I don't know. I, I, uh, I like what Ralph said. I mean, I just like that he's – and I don't think it's any one move. I think I like the moves he's made to just kind of uh, do what he could to shore things up when he got such a late start his first year. Um, they didn't all work out, but they were good moves, I thought, and, and you know, smart moves to kind of try and, and get things uh, done right. Um, I think Ashton Davis may turn out to be one of the best picks he made. At this point, it's hard to say. It's still early. Uh, worst move for me was I, I don't disagree with the Robbie Anderson one, but I like Mims, so I don't know in the long run that that won't be a good move. Um, but to me, it was drafting uh, Captain Morgan. I just think that was a wasted pick, and uh, we could have done more with that. You're, you're right. That's uh, two good uh, choices. And, of course, the uh, draft was loaded with receivers. Yep. Um, I, I think his best move, believe it or not, is I like the way he manipulated the draft, trading down and still getting Mims. I think that was a brilliant move, and I think he's going to do the same thing next year. Not with our first pick, but look for him to do something, maybe with our second first-round pick or our, our second-round pick. Though I think I told you guys, if we have the first pick in the draft, that's a very valuable pick because all these general managers go to their hotel room and they only have like about the 16 hours to, to uh, come up with a trade offer for the Jets. Uh, so I think that was one of his, his best moves. I think his worst move was listening to Rex Hogan and signing Pierre Desaire. I think that was a horrible move. I mean, he was – this guy has been a bum uh, from day one. He was Tremaine Johnson 2.0. And I, I, I couldn't wait to kick him out of here this week. It was really the highlight of the week for me. I'm going to miss him. <laughs> we might win a game without him. Well, yeah. And uh, by the way, they picked up, and I didn't mention uh, Corey Ballantyne, who was a six-round draft pick by the Giants. And if you remember on draft night, unfortunately, 
uh, he was involved in a shooting where he was injured and his friend got killed uh, the night after the draft. So we'll see what happens with, with um, this guy, Valentine. Now, I, I want to mention another move he did. And it turned out to be a horrible move, but I thought the thought was very good. I thought the signing last year of Ryan Khalil, the center, I thought that was a great move. Yeah. I, I thought Khalil had had some um, equity in the league. He was a good player. Uh, yes, he did retire. Maybe he wasn't ready psychologically. He threw some money in front of him. He didn't have to give up a draft pick. And listen, like a lot of things, it didn't work out. And uh, I'm sorry it didn't work out. But I thought that was a, a good move that just didn't work out for him. Okay. Um, next is I put who has the biggest upside, and I picked four for the draft picks. Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis, and Braden Mann. Um, I'm going to start. The little I've seen of him, and it's only it's been a small sample size, I think Denzel Mims has the biggest upside. I just think this guy is oozing with talent. I think they have to target him more. Uh, Ralph and Ray, I mentioned, I wrote an article that he reminds me a little bit when he catches a pass of Altoon. Mm, yeah. he, he makes these little moves in a confined area. I think Altoon uh, had him by an inch. I think Altoon was 6'4". Mims is 6'3". I think Mims is faster, though, actually. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to the game Sunday, and I hope Flacco targets him a lot more. Hopefully he'll target him in the second half where he hasn't caught a pass. So my choice is Denzel Mims. Uh, Ralph, why don't you go? Well, we, you say upside. If you said biggest backside, I would go with uh, Becton. But uh, as far as upside goes, I think Becton and Mims, which is good because they're their top two picks. I loved Mims. You know, Marty, you talked about going into day two of the draft. Two guys, the two receivers I, I wanted most were T. Higgins first and Mims second. T. Higgins was the first guy off the board. Cincinnati took him to pair up with Joe Burrow, which is something we might end up doing, we the Jets, you know, off quarterback in the first round and receiver in the second. I think Mims is incredibly talented, too, and I, I agree with you. I'm going to pick Mims. Ray? Um, I like Mims, but I – I think in terms of who has the most room for upside, it's, it's Ashton Davis. Um, mm. He's got, he's got room to grow by leaps and bounds because I don't think the expectations, even though he's comes out with a lot of uh, hype into the jets, I don't think expectations around the league were very high for this guy. That's why he was still available, but he's showing that he's got some, uh, he's, he's fast. He's uh, he's, looks like a heavy hitter. I, I don't think, I mean, uh, Greg Williams, this might be his kind of guy and he might, you know, as he grows, which Greg Williams may not be around to see a lot of it, but he looks like he could make us forget about Jamal Adams a little bit pretty easily. If he, if he keeps uh, uh, growing into that position. Um, as far as Mims, I, I like him too. I think he's more physical than Altoon too. So I like that about him. Yeah. He loves blocking, and he, threw, he yeah. already he's thrown some good blocks downfield, too. Yeah. Um, all right, Ralph, I have a question for you. I threw in a couple of different questions. This is like a um, – what, what are teachers to call it? A, a, a jump pop quiz? Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Okay. <laughs> Mom and pop quiz. Ralph, yeah. within the last week, Paul Horning passed away. 
Great running back from the Green Bay Packers. Um, I my question to Ralph Sharanga, who follows who has followed football a long time, Ralph, who do you think was a better all-around player? Paul Horning or Frank Gifford? Oh, that's a good one. You know, Horning was a kicker, people uh, don't forget, and he led the league in scoring, combined kicking and touchdown. Gifford played both ways. Uh I don't know. I think I'll go with Gifford. Yeah. I like this Westinghouse commercials better. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Ray, you were a couple of years younger than us, but do you have any thoughts on those two? Uh, <clears throat> I didn't really know, other than Frank Gifford as the uh, color analyst and then uh, main announcer, I didn't really know much about him as far as a player. Uh, and really, all I knew about Horning was he went to Notre Dame because you know, I followed uh, Notre Dame because of my dad. Um, so, uh, I know a little bit about Horning from that standpoint because I, I kind of liked him and read up on him. They both seemed like they were all around guys, but I never got to see either of them play. So I don't know who would have made a better all around guy. Wasn't, uh, was Gifford the one that took the big hit from, uh, Ed and Eric. Yeah. Was good, Eric yeah. 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 The one thing I, I was thinking of that picture. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he took a good hit. That's true. That that's another plus for him. Well, Paul Horning had a one tremendous year. Do you think on the whole, I mean, with his injuries, do you think he was overrated? You know, it's funny. You you watch I, I remember Paul Horning. I mean, today he would be just another runner because he's just not as athletic as the running backs today. But you know, you really can't do that, I suppose. Um you know, Lombardi was just the same inside the five-yard line. He had a great nose for the end zone. I thought he was very good. I didn't think he was a great player. But, you know, he was a kicker, too, and that, that was unusual. I mean, not unusual in those days, but that, that was uh, an extra bonus for him. Yeah, you see, I kind of think that if Horning is in the Hall of Fame, that uh, Joe Klecko should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> which we oh, should yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know what? If Joe Klecko would play for the Packers, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it goes. All these Packers who were dying were Hall of Famers, you know. It's, and yeah. some, you know, they sort of, you know, made each other better. You know, it's just. Uh, right. All right, let's uh, get into the next question, which, of course, in, involves Sam Darnold, Ralph put. But before we do that, I just want to mention that Rich Samini, who uh, – I like a lot, and he's a – Yeah, I want, to, I want to talk about something I read of his this week, which everyone disagreed with. Oh, I know, about drafting defense. Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. that. Okay. I mean, Hold on, before we do that. Uh, he said he asked around the league as far as the market value right now for Sam Darnold, what they could get for him. You know, he asked a number of – right, That's interesting. And it was pretty much the same common draft picks – there are two. So, Ray, do you have a guess which two draft picks, which two rounds you think they could get for uh, Sam Darnold? You mean, like, pa uh, packaged together, or what two were the main ones they said? No, no, that? he said, like, a, like, I'm just using an example, like a sixth and a seventh, but okay. that's not it. But go ahead. A sixth or a seventh, you mean, right? No, six and seventh. There are oh. Most of the guys said he was He was going worth two picks? Two picks. Oh, my. Yeah. How about a third and a sixth? Good guess, but no, Ralph. That's good. wow. Uh, You're close, I, Ray. I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say a third or a fourth. I didn't think they could get two for him, but I'll say a third and a fifth then. According to Rich Samini, most of the guys he spoke to 
the consensus consensus was they would get a second and a fifth second. Sam Darnold right now. No kidding. Yeah, which I find incredible. I and do then, too, but let's not say it too loudly. No, no. And, and here's the, before we get into Ralph's question about Darnold versus Flacco, my question, and I'll start with Ralph, do you think the Jets should shut down Sam Darnold this year for the rest of the year? I absolutely think they should, not only for the Jets' sake, but for his sake. Uh, I feel badly for the guy. I, I, I see that hit in my sleep all the time and I just keep worrying about the guy's future. I, I hope he's going to be fine. But yes, definitely shut him down. Ray, what's your thoughts? Well, I think if they want to get trade value for him, you know, they got to either decide shut him down. But I think if they play him and he plays well, it will, it would improve his draft stock. So they've got to kind of look at it as how do they want to go? Do they want to see what's the best they can get? but make sure he's healthy or do they want to try and improve his draft stock? I, I don't think playing him necessarily improves it though, because you know, the way he plays, it, it might hurt. So, <laughs> well, but I think what Ray's alluding to, Ray, tell me if I'm wrong, that now they have the uh, receivers that are playing together and uh, the offensive line is actually playing like an inch better than they were from the beginning of the year. Ray, is that your thoughts with the playing, Sam? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd really like to see him with these three receivers. I, I mean, I, I'm not as sure if the – I don't know if the line has something to do with Flacco and his experience or if they're actually blocking better. And yeah, Flacco I, made some plays outside the pocket that game, yeah. too. You know? yeah. uh, it's really good. Before I forget, uh, uh, Poole. Our uh, uh, defensive back slot, he's out for the year. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just keeps good. getting better. Uh, Brian Poole? Is that his name? Brian Yeah, Poole? Brian Poole. Brian Poole, he's out for the year. He had a, a shoulder operation. I think we've seen the last of him as a Jet. Another thing I just want to bring up, um, the Jets picked up center guard Pat Elfline from uh, the Vikings, who strangely they put him on waivers. Hmm. As Ray knows, and probably you too, Ralph, he was a third-round pick from Ohio State 2017. Had a very good first year. Then he seemed to regress uh, after that. We all know about the word regress, right, guys? Yeah. So you think Poole is gone? You don't think they're going to re-sign him, huh? I don't think he's going to sign him. I think it's going to be tough to sign someone like that. Yeah. All right, Ralph, your question is, who is more of a threat to ruin the Jets' perfect season, Darnold or Flacco? And we kind of touched on that a little bit. I'll start, and um, I would say Darnold. And the reason being, I, I kind of agree with Ray. I want to see him with all three receivers and with this offensive line playing just a tad better. I think he gives us the best – I still think he gives us the best chance to win, as long as that shoulder is like 100% healed. So I'd say Darnold is more of a threat to ruin our perfect season. Ray? Um, you know – I think if uh, Flacco is going to do it, it would be this week. Um, other of the other games, other than the you know final New England game when they might pack it in, but uh, but other than that, I think Darnold has the best chance to if he if he actually comes in and settles down a little. But he, he's so inconsistent this year. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sold on either of them doing enough to win the game, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> I'd go with Flacco this week. Hey, Ralph? I, I think Flacco. I think Darnold is, you know, damaged. And uh, 
so erratic. I think Flacco, with his experience, can come up with a good game. <clears throat> hey, not, Ray, not, yeah. not one, not of several, but he could come up with a good game. Ray, doesn't it seem like Ralph would be happy if somebody <laughs> offered the Jets a sixth and seven round, seventh round up for Donald? <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I'm not anymore after I hear what the, uh, your buddy Samini said. Uh, no, I mean, I'm very excited. That, I, 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 if they can get a second, really another second-round pick, man, that this that was going to make the, the draft the most fun day of the year, I'll tell you. Well, let me ask you, Ralph. Did you – would you have been okay with them playing them if, it, if you thought it was going to be a sixth and a seventh compared to a second and a fifth? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess you might as well take your shot to see if you can uh, up that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ray, here's your question for you. Okay. Right. We have, my favorite draft pick, as we, everybody knows that listens to this show, is uh, Braden Mann. And he has improved as the season go, uh, is going on. Ralph, I don't know. I went through some stats on uh, last show. You weren't on it where – he was 23rd in hang time. Then he hit the first three games and he moved up to like 19 and now he's like fourth. So he's really, really uh, studying his own craft and he's improving. All right, Ray, here's the question for you. You know what these compensatory picks are. Mm-hmm. That, uh, it seems like BB always gets them every year and they're always, always in the third round. Yeah. At the end of the year, if Bill Belichick – comes to Joe Douglas, and he offers the Jets a third-round pick for Braden Mann, what would you do? No, I'm not helping them out. No. Even well, though – A punter can be one of the biggest game-changers on your team. Um, he can make – you know, uh, uh, he can flip the field, and Braden Mann looks like that kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not taking a, a third, which is a compensatory, so it's really the end of the third. I'm not going to the fourth. Now, if it wasn't the – Patriots, let's say it was the Redskins, you, would you, you still wouldn't do it? Keep in mind, Mann was a sixth-round pick. He was, but not everybody pans out, and he's panned out in a big way so far. I'm, I'm keeping the guy who can, who can flip, the, flip the field for us. So if we are, you know, you get late in a game and you get pinned back and have to punt it from, you know, your goal line or something, I want a guy who can maybe pin them, put them back around their 20 or 30, 20-something, 30 30-yard line instead of some guy, you know, letting them get back to midfield. Okay. Uh, Ralph? I don't think I would make the trade either. It's just one less thing you have to worry about at this point. (laughs) They have so many holes. The fact that they actually have filled one of their holes is amazing. We have a a rookie that's played every game, Ralph. He hasn't gotten injured. (laughs) Uh, Marty, you know, you were on top of this. Best pick in the draft. I'm telling you. He's good. He's turned out to be a good player. Plus, he's our best tackler. All right, before we go on there, I just want to – I was looking back at some um, Jets-San Diego games, and, and I came up with a player. I'll ask you both – I mean, this is going back to the Joe Namath days of the 60s, the old AFL. I found – I remember this guy. There was one player on the San Diego Chargers that was like a jet killer. It was incredible. This guy would kill us every single time we played him. And I thought he's like all everything. It turns out he made the Pro Bowl, I think, uh, three or four times. But it just seems like whenever I listen to the Jet games or watch them, he killed us. 
Any guesses who it is? This is Gary Garrison. Exactly, hey, Ralph. You're amazing. <laughs> you remember him, Ray? I I know who he is, but yeah. His brother was Walt Garrison. Gary Garrison was a really good player. And the amazing thing was opposite him was Lance Allworth, who I think is the greatest AFL player of all time. Right, but Ralph, Lance But Garrison killed him, yeah. But Garrison killed him. And I I looked at... They probably were doubling Walworth. That was probably... No, it was unbelievable. Because I remember listening to one game after the year of the Super Bowl, 1969 in September, they lost to the Chargers 34-27. Um, Hadel was 19 to 31, 280 yards, three TDs. By the way, Ralph, Dickie Post that game, he, uh, Dickie he Post, wow. 12, 12 rushes, 58 yards, and four receptions for 44 yards. I he haven't like thought a, of that name in like 50 years. Wow, Dickie Post, yeah. He was like the, the original Wes Welker type, you know? Yeah. Hey, Gary Garrison, listen to this, Ray. That game in 1969. He had 10 receptions for 188 yards and two TDs. It's unbelievable. And then... Like uh, Edelman. Yeah, or Edelman. You go back two years, 1967, the Jets beat the um, Chargers. It was... They beat them... um, Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. 42-31. And in that game, Namath had an incredible game. 18 for 26, 343 yards... Four TDs. And the losing cause, Gary Garrison had eight receptions, 115 yards. I'm telling you guys, when I used to listen, that's the the name I heard. It was unbelievable. And at the time, um, I don't think they had the statistic about how many times he was targeted. I would have loved to see that. And a little side note, that game that the Jets won, Don Maynard himself, he had eight receptions, 118 yards, and three TDs. That was some good football. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, the San Diego is one team that the Jets have a pretty good history against. They they won those two playoff games against them. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite one was the day the week after the Heidi game, which the Jets had to be demoralized. I don't know if they went back east and then came back west or they stayed. And they played a good San Diego team, and they dismantled them 37-14. to 14, And that was the moment I knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl. They looked so good, and they showed such, such class in coming back from that horrible loss that uh, I, I was really a believer at that right. point. I didn't know if they could beat the Colts, but I, right. I, I felt like they were going to the Super Bowl. Ray, here's a little Gary Garrison trivia, because I know you have a friend out in San Diego. He went to San Diego State. Four-time Pro Bowler. He had two seasons for a thousand yard rece- uh, yards re- uh, receiving. So he he was he was a great player. I really like that guy a lot. Okay, let's get back to some one of our favorite topics. Jamal Adams has had in a very interesting week, as Ralph mentioned earlier. He had some sort of sideline spat with uh, Pete Carroll. They said it really wasn't anything that. Um, uh, Jamal Adams just told him, let me loose, let me loose, because he had like two sacks. Now, as it turns out, I think he's missed four games. Mm-hmm. He still has a chance to break the record for sacks for a safety. With that said, the Chargers have lost three to the last four games. Seahawks. Seahawks. I'm sorry, Seahawks. We talked about a lot of Chargers. And Jamal Adams' pass coverage has been awful. And the last game, he did an ole, letting a guy score. Ray, I don't know if you saw that clip. Yeah, I did. Yeah, did you see Jamal Adams? I don't know if he, he, 
He was protecting his shoulder or what? Well, I know until I saw the last angle, I thought he didn't even try wrapping the eye up. And then I, the last angle they showed from behind the running back, the, the guy blocking him kind of had a hold of his arm. So it wasn't that that concerned me. It was that he just kind of lamely stuck his head out. Like, I don't know if he thought he was going to somehow knock him over with, with his helmet, but uh, it was just like a very, very weak move. It, it was a little surprising. I don't know what, what was going on there. Right. And Ralph, we moved up the board uh, with the Seattle's pick. I think it's number 20. And as we're talking here, it's Thursday night. They're about to kick off with um, against Arizona. Yeah, they could lose that game. So, um, yeah, I have my Arizona jersey on under my jacket. <laughs> but the question is, um, for you guys, is I wrote down is that um, considering what's going on with Jamal Adams and how the uh, – Seattle is losing. Um, do you think Seattle signs him for a long-term contract? Do you think they franchise him, or do you think they cut him? Uh, I think they'll sign him. I, they gave up so much. Yeah, they gave up so much. I, that would they would look pretty bad. And he's still a terrific player. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's still hurt. Uh, he didn't. He didn't go full board, the guy. But uh, yeah, I think they'll sign him. Ray, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think they'll either sign him or franchise him. They aren't going to let him go. They gave up too much. And uh, and I, I, I think he's still – it could be that he's still hurting. could be that he's still getting used to a whole new system. You know, there's a lot of things going on there. He still fills up the, the uh, box yeah, score, though. You ain't kidding. <laughs> he, he still makes a difference on the field. And they aren't going to – they aren't going to give up all that and then let him go, no. Yeah, again, I, they're not going to cut him. I, I think they're going to franchise him, though. I think that, uh, yeah, they, they they're could, gonna, no doubt. Yeah. You know, when you're franchising, you're kind of delaying it a little bit, and you, you're seeing what you have. So that, my feelings are that they're going to franchise him. Okay, uh, I think the uh, next question, Ralph, is um, – by the way, does anybody know what's going on with Lawrence Cager and Arthur Millette? I can't – get heads and tails on this. You know, I, I don't have a, a phone line I could call like uh, – I, I haven't been losing any sleep over it, I can tell no, you I that. Know. But. I know, I know. But I, I like Lawrence Cager, and, and I, I also yeah. had a note. Ray, I thought last year, before we get to the last question, when he came back, I know uh, I think he was suspended four games. I thought the first five or six games, Nathan Shepard looked pretty good last year. And then he sort of uh, teetered off. But he hasn't done anything this year. I'd like to see more of this guy. Ray, what would you thought about Nathan Shepard? I see him on the field, but I don't really hear much, you know, of his name being called out for actually doing much. So I don't know if he's, you know, I mean, he's a good depth guy, but I don't know that he's somebody that, as long as he's not taking up too much cap space, you know, he's, it's fine. But he doesn't seem to be a big difference maker. Um, I think we're finding out he is a little undersized, and so he's not really making the the. He's play. probably already thirty years old by this time, you know. <laughs> That's true. He's already on the downside. Right. His yeah. rookie contract was his big contract. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a couple little bits of trivia I saw. I was trying to investigate. <laughs> a lot of uh, this week's game is going to count on uh, Lamar Jackson, number thirty-eight. Uh, Javelin Gidry, number 40, and Bryce Hall, number 37. 
what I saw was that um, Lamar Jackson in I don't think he was on the field, but they, they his Nebraska played Oregon 2016. So let's say he wasn't there. But Javelin Guidry, he went to Utah. He faced um, Justin Herbert 2018 and 2019, which they lost both games. So I don't know if it means anything, but it's always good to be familiar with somebody that you faced before. And maybe it'll give him some... I don't know, false confidence or realistic confidence. All right, Ralph, your last question was, uh, again, going back to the coach, they can't bring back uh, Gaze, can they, guys? No, they're not bringing back Gaze. They're not bringing back Gaze. Please, no. please tell me, because that nightmare is starting to get in the way of my Dan Marino nightmare. So just tell me that. Well, I look on the bright side, then we'll get the number one pick two years in a row. And, uh... That way, if, uh, if we got if we Trevor have, Lawrence does go back, when we'll, yeah, we have two we shots have, at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. He can't, he can't stay out another year after that. <laughs> we got to see him this week, and I think next week we're going to touch upon all these college quarterbacks that are rising to the top. It's unbelievable every year it happens. But anyway, Ralph, your next question. Uh, why don't you? I turn it over to you. Is about a possible coach. Yeah, we've been talking about possible coaches for the Jets. I don't know if this guy is looking to move out of college, but he would be my first choice. I, ha I hadn't thought about him, and, I, and then when I did, I realized I think he'd be a great uh, choice. He was a uh, assistant coach in the uh, in the NFL for many years at, at the with the Ravens when Joe Douglas was there, so he has a connection with him. Greg Roman was there at the same time. Uh, he's been a college coach for the, the last 10 years, Division I school, consistently a top 20 uh, team. I mean, he actually once finished in the top three. And the amazing thing is he's not in a football factory. This is not this school is not a football factory. As a, uh, an assistant coach years ago, he was the, uh, the offensive coordinator for one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. So he'd fit in nicely with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, as a player, I to know. No, I want you guys to. Are you guys, Can you figure it out who it is? Uh, as a player, and interestingly enough, he was coached by one of the great offensive coaching minds in the history of football. So uh, there he is. Uh, I have no idea. You like the sound of him, um, Ray? You have any idea? I was trying to trying to think of who would fit those those slots, but no. Go ahead, Ralph. Uh, it's David Shaw from Stanford. Oh, oh, well, but you know, they, he doesn't want to leave. He said he doesn't want to leave. That's yeah. Well, they, you know they, what? We'll see. I mean, he does have a connection with Joe Douglas, but uh, doesn't, he, doesn't he always do the draft on one of the stations? Doesn't he? He does. You're yeah. right. He did it last year. You're right, yeah. Ralph. I quickly want to ask you a question. Then we're going to get right to the uh, trivia question because the clockers are enemy right now, Ralph. Well, talking about coaches, up till last week, I was thinking about, and I, he doesn't have as much experience, but he does have a little NFL experience as a assistant. Do you know any? And he's from Montvale, New Jersey. Do you know anything about the BC coach? Oh, uh, he's just he's new there this year. Yeah, I mean he's 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 doing a pretty good job, but I don't know that much about him. No. Oh so, yeah, he's, he's just lacking experience. Another guy who's going to get some play is Joe Brady. The uh, Oh, yeah. And uh, I think he might be too young, but it's good that we have – because, you know, next week we'll talk about what teams are probably going to fire their coaches, and uh, we'll see how many how much competition we have for these guys. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, just quickly, the uh, the play the quarterback that David Shaw coached was was Andrew Luck. The yep. coach that he played under in, in college was Bill Walsh. So the guy has a lot going for him. Wow. Um, he, has, he has good equity in the resume. Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, okay. So the question was, these all these Jets, good football players, what do they have in common? Bilal Powell, Brad Smith, Leon Washington, Kerry Rose, Conchery, Fabini, Leon Johnson, and, and Dwight Lowry. I'm just going to take a shot that they played in more Jet playoff games than anybody else. Interesting. No, that may, they may they do. I don't know. That's, uh, that's not what I had in mind. just a wild guess. What do you say, Ray? They were all fourth rounders. He's right. Oh, Look at Ray, that. that Ray's great. Good. Yeah, Ray. That's and, and, said Leon Johnson and, and Fabini. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, here's the point behind that. Ray said that he was pissed off at Joe Douglas for throwing away a fourth round pick on Morgan. And I was too. And this, this just shows you what you can get. There's a yeah. lot of good football players in the fourth round. To me, that's the last round where you, there's a really lot of talent. Just, just so we've you know. We've gotten good. We've always yeah. gotten good luck yeah. in the fourth round. Just, just so you guys know, Leon Washington is my, one of my all-time favorite Jets. Yep. Just yep. something classy about that guy. The way yeah, it was played. a shame the way that ended. Oh, uh, it was a shame. Yeah. He, he was just such a wonderful player. I love watching the guys great. All right, for Ralph Sharada, Ray Clifford, and Marty Shupak, and Jets Rewind, check out our website. And by the way, please go to uh, Google or whatever, Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star review and give us a good comment. We're trying to run this podcast for Jet fans the way you want to hear it. We try to have no commercials. We try to make a little fun for new Jet fans and old Jet fans. We try to mix it in. So please... Go to either iTunes or um, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Until next time. We got less than.